Juvenile Offenders The death penalty for juvenile offenders, criminals aged under 18 years at the time of their crime although the legal or accepted definition of juvenile offender may vary from one jurisdiction to another, has become increasingly rare. Considering the age of majority is not 18 in some countries or has not been clearly defined in law, since 1990-10 countries have executed offenders who were considered juveniles at the time of their crimes, the People's Republic of China, PRC, Bangladesh, Democratic Republic of Congo, Iran, Iraq, Japan, Nigeria, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Sudan, the United States, and Yemen. China, Pakistan, the United States, Yemen and Saudi Arabia have since raised the minimum age to 18. Amnesty International has recorded 61 verified executions since then, in several countries, of both juveniles and adults who had been convicted of committing their offenses as juveniles. The PRC does not allow for the execution of those under 18, but child executions have reportedly taken place. The United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, which forbids capital punishment for juveniles under Article 37A, has been signed by all countries and subsequently ratified by all signatories with the exception of the United States, despite the U.S. Supreme Court decisions abolishing the practice. The UN Subcommission on the Promotion and Protection of Human Rights maintains that the death penalty for juveniles has become contrary to a Jew cogens of customary international law. A majority of countries are also party to the UN International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, whose Article 6.5 also states that sentence of death shall not be imposed for crimes committed by persons below 18 years of age. Methods The following methods of execution have been used by various U.S. states. Lethal injection Electrocution and gas inhalation, some U.S. states, but only if the prisoner requests it or if lethal injection is unavailable, and Inert gas asphyxiation, some U.S. states, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Alabama capital crime. Crimes against humanity. Crimes against humanity such as genocide are usually punishable by death in countries retaining capital punishment. Death sentences for such crimes were handed down and carried out during the Nuremberg trials in 1946 and the Tokyo trials in 1948, but the current International Criminal Court does not use capital punishment. The maximum penalty available to the International Criminal Court is life imprisonment. Murder. Intentional homicide is punishable by death in most countries retaining capital punishment, but generally provided it involves an aggravating factor required by statute or judicial precedents. Some countries like Singapore and Malaysia made the death penalty mandatory for murder, though Singapore later changed its laws since 2013 to reserve the mandatory death sentence for intentional murder while providing an alternative sentence of life imprisonment with or without caning for murder with no intention to cause death, which allowed some convicted murderers on death row in Singapore, including co-jabbing, to apply for the reduction of their death sentences after the courts in Singapore confirmed that they committed murder without the intention to kill and thus eligible for resentencing under the new death penalty laws in Singapore. In 2019 Malaysia considered abolishing the death penalty, but instead abolished mandatory death sentences, any death sentence is now passed at the judge's discretion. In June 2022, Malaysian law minister Wan Junaidi pledged to abolish capital punishment and replace it with other punishments at the discretion of the court. Drug trafficking. In 2018, at least 35 countries retained the death penalty for drug trafficking, drug dealing, drug possession and related offenses. People are regularly sentenced to death and executed for drug-related offenses in China, Indonesia, Iran, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, 
Singapore, and Vietnam. Other countries may retain the death penalty for symbolic purposes. The death penalty is mandated for drug trafficking in Singapore and Malaysia, though since 2013, Singapore ruled that those who were certified to have diminished responsibility, for example major depressive disorder or acting as drug couriers, and had assisted the authorities in tackling drug-related activities, will be sentenced to life imprisonment instead of death, with the offender liable to at least 15 strokes of the cane if he was not sentenced to death and was simultaneously sentenced to caning as well. Notable drug couriers include Yang Vui Kong, whose death sentence was replaced with a life sentence and 15 strokes of the cane in November 2013. A famous example of drug-related execution pertains to members of the Bali Nine. Controversy and Debate Death penalty opponents regard the death penalty as inhumane and criticize it for its irreversibility. They argue also that capital punishment lacks deterrent effect, or has a brutalization effect, discriminates against minorities and the poor, and that it encourages a culture of violence. There are many organizations worldwide, such as Amnesty International and country-specific, such as the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, that have abolition of the death penalty as its main purpose. Advocates of the death penalty argue that it deters crime, is a good tool for police and prosecutors in plea bargaining, makes sure that convicted criminals do not offend again, and that it ensures justice for crimes such as homicide, where other penalties will not inflict the desired retribution demanded by the crime itself. Capital punishment for non-lethal crimes is usually considerably more controversial, and abolished in many of the countries that retain it. Wrongful Execution it is frequently argued that capital punishment leads to miscarriage of justice through the wrongful execution of innocent persons. Many people have been proclaimed innocent victims of the death penalty. Some have claimed that as many as 39 executions have been carried out in the face of compelling evidence of innocence or serious doubt about guilt in the U.S. from 1992 through 2004. Newly available DNA evidence prevented the pending execution of more than 15 death row inmates during the same period in the U.S., but DNA evidence is only available in a fraction of capital cases. As of 2017, 159 prisoners on death row have been exonerated by DNA or other evidence, which is seen as an indication that innocent prisoners have almost certainly been executed. The National Coalition to Abolish the Death Penalty claims that between 1976 and 2015, 1,414 prisoners in the United States have been executed while 156 sentenced to death have had their death sentences vacated. It is impossible to assess how many have been wrongly executed, since courts do not generally investigate the innocence of a dead defendant, and defense attorneys tend to concentrate their efforts on clients whose lives can still be saved. However, there is strong evidence of innocence in many cases. Improper procedure may also result in unfair executions. For example, Amnesty International argues that in Singapore the Misuse of Drugs Act contains a series of presumptions which shift the burden of proof from the prosecution to the accused. This conflicts with the universally guaranteed right to be presumed innocent until proven guilty. Singapore's Misuse of Drugs Act presumes one is guilty of possession of drugs if, as examples, one is found to be present or escaping from a location proved or presumed to be used for the purpose of smoking or administering a controlled drug if one is in possession of a key to a premises where drugs are present, if one is in the company of another person found to be in possession of illegal drugs, or if one tests positive after being given a mandatory urine drug screening. Urine drug screenings can be given at the discretion of police, without requiring a search warrant. 
The onus is on the accused in all of the above situations to prove that they were not in possession of or consumed illegal drugs. Racial, ethnic and social class bias. Opponents of the death penalty argue that this punishment is being used more often against perpetrators from racial and ethnic minorities and from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, than against those criminals who come from a privileged background, and that the background of the victim also influences the outcome. Researchers have shown that white Americans are more likely to support the death penalty when told that it is mostly applied to black Americans, and that more stereotypically black-looking or dark-skinned defendants are more likely to be sentenced to death if the case involves a white victim. However, a study published in 2018 failed to replicate the findings of earlier studies that had concluded that white Americans are more likely to support the death penalty if informed that it is largely applied to black Americans, according to the authors, their findings may result from changes since 2001 in the effects of racial stimuli on white attitudes about the death penalty or their willingness to express those attitudes in a survey context. In Alabama in 2019, a death row inmate named Dominic Ray was denied his imam in the room during his execution, instead only offered a Christian chaplain. After filing a complaint, a federal court of appeals ruled 5-4 against Ray's request. The majority cited the last-minute nature of the request, and the dissent stated that the treatment went against the core principle of denominational neutrality. In July 2019, two Shiite men, Ali Hakim al-Arab, 25, and Ahmad al-Malali, 24, were executed in Bahrain, despite the protests from the United Nations and rights groups. Amnesty International stated that the executions were being carried out on confessions of terrorism crimes that were obtained through torture. On March 30, 2022, despite the appeals by the United Nations and rights activists, 68-year-old Malay Singaporean Abdul Kahar Othman was hanged at Singapore's Changi Prison for illegally trafficking diamorphine, which marked the first execution in Singapore since 2019 as a result of an informal moratorium caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Earlier, there were appeals made to advocate for Abdul Kahar's death penalty be commuted to life imprisonment on humanitarian grounds as Abdul Kahar came from a poor family and has struggled with drug addiction. He was also revealed to have been spending most of his life going in and out of prison, including a 10-year sentence of preventive detention from 1995 to 2005, and has not been given much time for rehabilitation, which made the activists and groups arguing that Abdul Kahar should be given a chance for rehabilitation instead of subjecting him to execution. Both the European Union EU and Amnesty International criticized Singapore for finalizing and carrying out Abdul Kahar's execution, and about 400 Singaporeans protested against the government's use of the death penalty merely days after Abdul Kahar's death sentence was authorized. Still, over 80% of the public supported the use of the death penalty in Singapore.